Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the next episode of uh, Serverless Crack. Myself, Dave Anderson, um, author at the Serverless Age and technical fellow at Bizarre Voice. And uh, my two uh, gentlemen here, let them introduce themselves. Uh, Mark McCann, author at Serverless Age, stay at home dad, um, still working on my 5K times. <laughs> uh, Michael O'Reilly, uh, contributor at Serverless Age, architect at Globalization Partners, and still not working on my 5K times. <laughs> uh, so I figured today, um, it's been a lot of chat recently about um, serverless and speed and something that we've been talking about for many years is rapid delivery. And um, we were chatting last week and like it was yourself, Mike, is um, said this great sentence, serverless isn't faster, but serverless first feeds rapid delivery. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot in that. And a lot of people when they hear serverless, they just think function. But serverless first is a whole mindset. Um, yeah, no, I, and, I, and I think there's a lot to kind of unpack with that one. You know, I think in the past, there's certainly been, I wouldn't say like a lot of squads operate this way, but there's certainly been attitudes where you can kind of go and spin stuff up really fast and get stuff out quick, you know, when you get out the door and, you know, and then mayhem ensues, you know. I think I think our experience has always been around, you know, discipline and, you know, what's, what, what do we always used to say? Um, slow is smooth and smooth is fast, you know. So, like, um, in this sort of space, uh, you know, we say serverless isn't faster, but serverless first feeds rapid delivery. Well, what we mean by that is that, you know, we take our time, you know, like, so we'll design systems, we'll, we'll, we'll really get into the well-architected, side of things, you know, the, the five pillars. So before we go out to production, we're looking at our observability, we're looking at sort of, um, you know, what we're doing around performance, we're looking at sort of resiliency, reliability, um, and all that takes a lot of maturity and a lot of engineering and rigor. Um, you know, a, a lot of our squads, first thing they do is assemble their, <laughs> their observability, their dashboards, you know, get in front of their metrics. Um, you know, and then kind of begin that sort of iteration process. Now, the good thing is, is when you kind of get through that, you know, so that, that can take a number of weeks, sometimes mm. kind of just get up and running. But typically, once you kind of get through that process and you've got that rigor, um, and then once you're actually out into the environments, that's the rapid delivery piece. So you can rapidly increment, you can rapidly experiment, you can kind of see, you can get, you know, uh, instant feedback on what you're doing. Uh, and the good thing is, is like, you know, we talked about, you know, with serverless, effectively serverless is, you know, cloud providers have observed a lot of common patterns and abstracted them up into managed services. So Amazon API gateway is a gateway, managed service is a gateway pattern. You know, Lambda is, is sort of ephemeral compute, you know, DynamoDB database. And the thing is, is they're all highly interoperable. Now, the good thing is there's only so many ways you can join those things. So you don't get really caught up in design or, you know, overthinking, you know, how we're going to hook this stuff up. It's kind of, these are your options and they're finite. So mm -hmm. that's another thing that kind of keeps you moving and why it's rapid, which I think it's sort of lost. And and there is that kind of, you know, and, and that's when we kind of get into the, you know, the building block. We kind of released a, a blog article this week around, you know, rapid delivery is kind of like working with Lego blocks, just connecting the different blocks. Um, you know, so when you've kind of got your rigor, you've got your base, you're, you're invested and well-architected, your team is disciplined in relation to its approach. Um, you know, that's the whole slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And then once you kind of 
once you're up and you're running, it's like lightning. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know? like it's like the analogy that we've been using, the value flywheel. And, and one of the things that's interesting with the flywheel is it, it, you often see it on a steam train. People are building up ahead of steam. You start off slowly, the flywheel turns and it gets faster and faster. And then eventually it's flying along. Like I remember, I remember talking to Dan North years ago about software development. And he said a brilliant thing. He says software development needs to be a rapid impact, rapid impact. Yeah. And, and then every time I talk to executives about let's do stuff rapid, they used to panic. It's like, no, we don't want to rush people. It's like, no, we're still going to do it slow. But we're going to build up ahead of steam. And then when we get up to full speed, we're going to be going really fast. So you're not rushing anyone. You're just yeah. slowly building momentum and then you're and then you're really getting that rapid delivery. But no one understands that, or very few people yeah. understand that. Yeah. I think it's it's even just the mindset about breaking stuff up into small chunks of value that you can actually get into the hands of real users, you know, quickly. You know, we have all these you know pipelines and patterns. And if you don't actually deliver value to a real end user and get that feedback quickly then it's all for nothing. It's just vanity, right? And, and that's something that we've definitely learned is that we have all these capabilities at our fingertips now. We have these pathways to production, these golden paths. We have these serverless first building blocks. We have all these money services. But unless you have that mindset, that product thinking mindset, the product design mindset, think, well, let's get something in front of a real user. Let's get some actual validated feedback. You know, So all of, all of the stuff that we've talked about, you've talked about there, Mike, and Dave, it enables us now to have better conversations with the real users about, is this what you want? Is this, does this meet your needs? Yeah, and I, and I think that's kind of where we go back. Like the, the real proficient squads that do that, they're really disciplined about their engineering approach. Yeah. You know, like, so when they, when they talk about MVP, they include all that rigor as part of the MVP. You know, and you've seen that in the past where yeah. they go too fast and they go out into production and then before they know it, you know, stuff goes wrong because serverless is software you know, at the end of the day, but, you know, in order to kind of get into that sort of that, you know, get into that sort of working relationship with say the business and get your KPIs in place and, and get, have all that observability to kind of assess your impact and do all that sort of stuff. It's, it's, um, it's disciplined, you know, and, yeah. and I've always found like my experience. So we've, we've been doing serverless now for a long time. I've really done the service maybe in the last sort of three, four years um, it, was, it was an interesting sort of thing. Like, so anytime you introduce like experienced engineers to serverless, they always think, oh, no, you know, I can't, you know, but can't do it. I, I like my stuff over here. I'm in control of all this, you know. Um, but then they spend a month in there <laughs> and they become completely immersed in it and they take off because it's all the same stuff, only you've got far quicker access to things, you know, like yeah. so the observability are better you know um you know your pathways out mark as you're talking about are really good um so they're they instantly become way more empowered as well you know and and that's that's been an interesting certainly side effect and i think there's, 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 there's i think there's also the you know when people say oh go fast or rapid you know you just think oh they're just building up problems like we've seen lots of pro programs in the past where they'll go really fast initially but then you're, you get weighed down by the technical debt or the you, you add on feature after feature after feature and it just burdens you and slows you down. Like we, we, we have seen this, but it doesn't seem that that's the case with the serverless first approach. No. Yeah. No. And, and I think that's, that's, that's another, that's an interesting part because like we've, we've, we've a decent amount of experience around sort of bringing teams up to speed and, you know, coaching and facilitating, you know, uh, squads in Britain, serverless first. And, 
and that's kind of why we we talk about the scorp process yeah. you know, about scorp um like scorp is just a it's a method for us to bring a group of squads together to continuously mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know, it's a continuous learning mechanism, you know, but we want to get these guys to communicate, learn about what worked, learn about what didn't work, but then also kind of drive all and share all that, 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 that good practice that's all driven around the well-architected because you do need a certain degree of support there because it's such a fast-changing environment, you know, and there's new stuff coming out all the time and you got to have that support network around squads yeah. as well to continue going fast, you know? Yeah, that's um, a great point. I think the... Uh continuous investment in education you know, if one of your if your team is sitting there just reading docs for two days in a row when it's all about money services just just to make a one-line change that's two days well spent right? yeah. instead of just you're not going to lose the code because you're right with the pace of change with the the, the rapid um, release of new features and capabilities just spending time understanding that and understanding how it can meet your needs is a critical differentiator and allows your teams to go really fast and we have a reinvent season coming up soon and every year it's like, you know, we're always getting run out for what can we delete of our, of our code base? What code liabilities can we remove? Because, you know, there's a new managed service or there's a new feature being released. It's like, happy days. I can get rid of that you know, custom CloudFormation template or I can get rid of that you know, hacked code that glued together five services, right? So yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be interesting what, what, what comes out this year. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's disrupted like? And I mean, I think the thing I really like about but that, that this mindset is it is that kind of that we talk about the, the value flywheel you know is as a team you figure out your purpose you look at your landscape to see if you can do it what, what's the next best action what's the next thing we can do to, to make progress to start that kind of feedback loop and then you're thinking about your long-term value um yeah. and you always keep that long-term value in mind so you're 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 building quickly you're building rapidly but you're you're not leaving a lot of baggage so you're not slowing down and you, you can gradually get faster. Yep. Um, and the reason why you do that is because you're not writing reams of code. It is code as liability, and you're solving business problems, and then you're getting all the stuff that's complicated to do, like observability and reliability and like failover. You get a lot of out of the box, so you're not spending loads of time tweaking the level stuff, like like non-functional requirements. You, yep. you get that for free. So it's, it's very hard to describe that. So... Back to that original statement, service isn't faster, but service first feed, feeds rapid delivery. I, it's, there's a huge amount to unpack in that statement. But um, yeah, I don't know. For me, when people hear serverless, they still think of functions. No, you got to, I think as an organization, sorry, Mark, is you got to invest in your engineering talent. You know, the serverless doesn't get you away from that. And that's, that's we're, we're, you know, we're fairly consistent in that message that you got to invest in well-architected. You know, and I think in organizations that are embracing serverless, really what they're, there's a certain degree, what you're shooting for is a certain degree of uniformity or commonality across those squads that's kind of, you know, um, based in, in well-architected. You know, like I think one of the most important, they're all really important pillars, but I think in, in relation to organizations and scaling sort of ops and things like that is the operational excellence pillar. Yeah. yeah. So here, so so, two questions, two questions, fees. Do you think, so serverless first feeds rapid delivery, do you think you need less developers? Yes. Um, I think mm. I think if you do it right, I think if you do it right and you do it with the, the discipline that we've got, you cover a lot more ground yeah. because really what the well-architected and sort of serverless first mindset is setting you up for 
is less code, um, you know, uh, more more standard practice. And yeah. So I, would, I, wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say you need less developers, but the developers that you have can have a greater impact. And yeah. if you're if you're if they're if they're, de if they're delivering value, demonstrable value, then the business or whoever your users are will probably ask, ask for more of that. So your team will probably grow. You effectively so, give more or more return on investment for your engineering yeah. team. So the second question I ask is um this might be this might be controversial. Do you think you need less skilled developers? Like, can you can you hire a bunch of less skilled developers who can build more? It's a tough one. It depends on the ecosystem and the environment that you have established. I think you need a high level of learning and ability to learn and ability to experiment. Whether that's more skilled or not is, is up for debate. But I think yeah. if you have a really good environment that has you know psychological safety that has a you know, invested in learning like Mike talked about, then you know you can take any developer and make them highly effective in, in, a, in a serverless first team. You know, yeah. Especially with the, you know, it's not secret you know, code book that Mike hides under his desk that explains the system. You, know, you can Google this stuff. There's, there's training freely available. There's workshops you can do. There's, there's, a, there's a nice um, body of material that support a lot of these money services and these patterns and these you know, ways of working. So if, if you give them the time, if you give them that psychological safety, then you know any developer could be very effective in a serverless first team. Yeah. Um, that all being said, you are shifting a lot of stuff left onto that team. So the team is now responsible for security, for performance, for testing, for you know, their CI/CD pipelines in many cases as well. So more there's, a lot, there's, a, there's more responsibility, but that burden is lessened by those building blocks and those managed services and, and using that serverless first mm -hmm. mindset and offloading the liabilities as much as possible. So there's probably a lot more concerns that they're dealing with as a team. So maybe they need to be able to do that. They need to be adaptable and, and have that mindset. But the actual liabilities that they're looking after are probably less than than, um, than mm. a traditional team. Yeah, I'd go back. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would agree with that. And I think, and even kind of go back to your previous question, I think it takes less developers to do similar things, you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah. the idea would be that you would use your developers on say new emergent stuff, you know, and I've, and, and, and certainly like working with squads in this sort of capacity over the last sort of 20 years is there's far more capacity for people to learn in these environments where mm. they, they can, you know, they can work in this way and be creative in new ways. Like I, I think, honestly, I, I do think serverless has brought life back into architectural design again that we hadn't really seen. Yeah, in your enterprises over the last sort of ten years, you know. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I, I use one term. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think you need rock star developers? No, I hate nobody that term. I can't stand that term. Uh, let them let them be on stage and saying you don't need them in your dev team. And I, I didn't argue you don't need developers, you need engineers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and that... I, sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, well, what I was going to say was, you know, if you have two squads and their flywheels are turning pretty well, if one squad invests in continuous learning and keeping their radar up for new enhancements and new capabilities and features, over time, they will outperform the team that isn't constantly learning especially in the cloud ecosystem, especially in the serverless ecosystem, because they'll be the, the first ones to embrace EventBridge and Step Functions just launched their 200 new integrations, right? A team that is constantly learning and has their antenna up for 
for what can we what can we bring on board? What can we what liabilities can we remove? What new differentiated capabilities can we adopt? They will outperform massively a team that's just oh yeah, that's just how we always did it. This is just what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's different different set of skills as well. I think you're starting to see now in, in those teams, it's sort of the you know the collaboration side of it is is is, is really a, a big requirement and. Because it is when you're when you're kind of working in the way we've been describing, it's very hard to discern, say, the principle, say, from the yeah, the, yeah. And and maybe then, what maybe what you get into is a a product development mindset. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it does become well, the most senior person on the team is the one maybe making sure that we're following certain processes, or you know, we're keeping our keeping our quality reasonably high and making sure that. Are well architected reviews are done and sort of yeah. relationships with the product owners and maybe yeah. using their experience to help and prioritize as opposed to being the smartest person on the team exactly exactly and i think that that structure that well architected serving as first sort of um, structure that discipline gives you greater freedom it gives you freedom to go fast it gives you that uh, autonomy that you want to give your your squads you know if you know and we, we've seen this time again if if they're delivering a well-architected solution and they can demonstrate that to us, then you have a lot of autonomy. Go for it. You know, yeah, your boots. very good. Good stuff. All right, so there we go. That's our uh, service isn't faster, but service first feeds rapid delivery. We think that's true. So that's the crack. Um, thanks for listening. Um, uh, well, uh, our blog is at the, the serverlessedge.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at serverlessedge. And uh, our book is coming out next year. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Goodbye.